Please sit down for our Bible reading. This is a parallel reading from the books of John and Genesis. In the beginning... In the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth... The Word was with God, and the Word was God. The earth was a formless void, and darkness covered the face of the deep. The Word was in the beginning with God. While a wind from God swept over the face of the waters. In the beginning was the word. God said, let there be light, and there was light. All things came into being through him. What has come into being through him was life, and the life was the light of all people. God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. The light shines in the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light. This is the word of the Lord. Let us pray together. So Lord Jesus, speak into our hearts now, Lord, about your light and about your love. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. It was just before Christmas in 1747 in a place called Marienborn in southern Germany. And there lived a man called Johannes. Johannes was a, was a church minister. He was a vicar, if you like, or a rector in a Moravian church, in the Moravian church. And because it was coming to Christmas and because he was a vicar, he was a bit worried. He was worried how he was going to get everything done. But what was really stressing Johannes out was this. He was trying to find ways in which he could relay the Christmas story. He could tell the Christmas story in ways in which people in that day could understand. And hardest of all for Johannes was to try to get to explain the Christmas story in words that children could understand. What Johannes needed was a really good visual aid. And then it happened on the 20th of December, 1747, and the Christingle was invented. My guess is Johannes felt probably that day a bit like Steve Jobs did when he created the iPhone in June 2007. Because this first generation Christingle was, was slim. It was elegant in design and was about to take the world by storm. But because it was a first generation Christingle, it also had some teething problems as well. This was the first generation Christingle. It was a candle 
with a red ribbon round it. Now, what you've got in front of you is a second generation Christingle. Now, as you can see, the second generation Christingle has some enhanced features, doesn't it? What does it, what does it have that the first generation Christingle doesn't have? Well, it has an orange. And it has some cocktail sticks and some, some sweets on it. As you can see, my OCD-ness got the better of me. And all my sweets had to be the same type in the same order, the right way around. Was anyone like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a few people out there who, who had that same OCD-ness. But this was the second generation Christingle that actually ironed out a lot of the problems of the first generation Christingle, as we'll see. But what does it, what does it all mean? What is, what's the orange there for? Anyone know what the orange is there for? It's a reminder of God's world, isn't it? It's a reminder that we heard in our Bible reading of God's world, how God created it. And how he created it full of light and life and how good it was. The sun and the stars, the mountains and the hills, the animals and the birds. And best of all, he created people. Us. As the crown of his creation. What an amazing world, eh? Thank you, God. And then, there's the cocktail sticks and the sweets. Does anyone know what the cocktail sticks and the sweets represent? They represent the four seasons. And what do the sweets represent? Anybody know? Right, I'll tell you. The cocktail sticks represent the four seasons. And the sweets represent the fruit of God's good creation. You know, as we think about our world... You know, it's amazing how God has created it, isn't it? If you were here last Sunday evening for our parish church carol service, I said this. When you think about how God has created our world, and you think how he's almost created it to the most perfect detail. For instance, if our world was not slanted at 23 degrees, then all the seasons would be ice. So there'd be no cocktail sticks. Or then, or fruits of the creation. Or if you think a bit more about it, when we think about our creation of our world, if the earth's crust was three meters deeper, then there'd be no oxygen. And there'd be no animals alive. And then if you think about it a bit more, what scientists will also tell us, if the oceans were a meter deeper, then there'd be no vegetable life either. You know, when you think about it, it reminds me of how perfectly God has, like, created our world to so much so down to the minutest detail. It's why I find it illogical to believe that it just happened. That there's that much precise detail into it. And then we've got this, this candle. Does anybody know what the candle represents? What does the candle represent? That's right. It represents Jesus as the light of the world. As we heard in our reading, this is a statement that Jesus said about himself. He said, I am the light of the world. It's an incredible statement to make, really, isn't it? We might think it's a bit of an odd statement to make that Jesus would say he is the light of the world. Why use the word light? And, of course, he used the word light because God just not not only created the light, he created the night. And when we think about when Jesus was talking about light, the Bible talks about night or darkness in terms of us, in terms of our sin, our rebellion, our evil, and of course, ultimately where that leads to, death. 
And Jesus talked about being the light of the world but and how he would overcome the darkness. But I thought about this for a minute. I don't know if you've ever thought about this, but what is darkness? You know, what is darkness? You know, most of you are sat in darkness now. What is darkness? You know, when we think about light, if you do this maybe in physics or chemistry, you'll know that light is a wave. And you'll know light is a particle. And that baffles scientists that light can be both a wave and a particle. But then, is darkness a wave? Is darkness a particle? Or is darkness a liquid? Or is it a gas or is it a solid? What is darkness? It's actually a trick question. Because darkness only exists because of the absence of light. Think about that. Darkness only exists because of the absence of light. Darkness only exists because of the absence of light. Either there's no one making light, or the light is switched off. You see, if you create light, how could we create light? Well, we could light a match, we could light a candle. If we're really clever, we could put our torch on on our phones. Or if we're old-fashioned, we'd just use one of those things called a torch that people don't use anymore. Or we'd flick a switch and the light would come on. But we don't create darkness in the same way, do we? We can't just switch a torch on of darkness. If we were to switch off all the lights in here and switch off all the candles, it would be dark. But darkness only exists because of the absence of light. And Jesus hoped by saying the statement that he was the light of the world, that people would see his light, would see the difference and how he was going to overcome the darkness by the way in which he lived his life. And he then wanted his followers to shine his light to others. And then we have the red ribbon. Does anybody know what the red ribbon represents? God, what does the red ribbon represent at the back there? Go on, Millie, tell me. Shout a bit louder, because I'm a bit deaf. I'm getting a bit older. That's right. It's, it's the blood of Christ. It's actually the blood and the love of Christ. Because that's why it's a red ribbon. And not a blue ribbon, or a green ribbon, or a yellow ribbon, or a pink ribbon. It's a red ribbon, because it reminds us of God's love for us. And how... He showed his love by dying on the cross. It's how he defeated the darkness. But there's something this morning that I haven't told you. You see, if the first generation Chris Dingle was slim and was elegant, and if the second generation Chris Dingle, if you like, overcame a lot of the teething problems with the first generation Chris Dingle, this morning in St. Juan we have a premier. I said we have a premier. Now, if you have a premier, you get excited, don't you? No, that's pathetic. We have a premier. So let's get excited. Because this morning, what we have is the third generation Chris Dingle. And here it is. As you can see, it's got a lot of the features of the second generation 
Chris Dingle, but in the words of Steve Job, with improved functionality, as we're about to see. So, Jerry, where's my colleagues and my friends who are going to help me? You see, this is a, this is a third generation Chris Dingle. Andy, I wonder if you'd just hold that for me just there for a minute and just, just come and stand where I'm standing. And I need one more. Where's Harvey? Harvey, come here, please. If I could just get you to stand just where. You see, the third generation, just stand there. The third generation Chris Dingle, you see, has improved functionality. It reminds us of the ribbon of Jesus' love. You see, the ribbon of Jesus' love that goes all around the world. The ribbon of Jesus' love that goes all around the world. The ribbon of Jesus' love that goes all around the world. The ribbon of Jesus' love that goes all around the world. The ribbon of Jesus' love that goes all around the world. The ribbon of Jesus' love that goes all around the world. The ribbon of Jesus' love that goes all around the world. The ribbon of Jesus' love that goes all around the world. You see, when it comes down to it, you see, Jesus just didn't die for me, and he didn't just die for you. He died for the world. And there is no place that his love cannot go. There is no person that his love cannot reach. Just like there's no place that his light cannot go, and there's no person that his light cannot reach. And so, we remember. And what Jesus hoped was that his followers would then show that love, would then give away this love to others. When Johannes... When he did that first Christingle service, he wrote a prayer. We're going to say that prayer in a minute. It goes like this, Lord Jesus, kindle a flame in our hearts so that our hearts might reflect yours. So let us pray together. We just repeat it after me. Lord Jesus, kindle a flame in your children's hearts. So our flames might reflect yours. We'll say it again. Lord Jesus, kindle a flame in your children's hearts. So our flames might reflect yours. In Jesus' name. Amen.